Welcome to the Agent of Wealth podcast with Mark Boudis from Boudis Financial. In this podcast, Mark helps guide you towards financial freedom, ensure you never run out of money, and create a balance in life that prioritizes what is most important to you. Join us for this journey as Mark draws from years of expertise and guest experts to solve the multiple wealth building challenges involved in your financial life. Welcome back to the Agent of Wealth. This is your host, Mark Boudis. On today's show, I'm joined by two guests, husband and wife duo, Alan and Angie Thomas. Alan and Angie have undergone a massive weight loss transformation. Angie setting 63 pounds in 190 days and Alan conquering a lifelong battle with obesity by losing 129 pounds in a 260-day span. In doing so, the Thomases implemented a process they now call rethinking dieting. It was this approach that allowed them to achieve permanent weight loss. Today, Alan and Angie coach their clients to lose weight while providing awareness around the issue of obesity. Alan and Angie, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you for having us. Alan, I'm I'm aware you'd been battling obesity for over 30 years prior to your aha moment back in 2017, which I guess really prompted your massive weight loss transformation. Can you tell us a a little bit about that realization? Yeah, it was always something that I was going to get to. And uh, while I was saying pass the pizza or pass the the ice cream and it and one day in March of uh, March 2nd, 2017, I stepped on the scale and I saw the number three at the beginning of my scale. It was 304. And uh, if the number read 299.8, we wouldn't be talking right now. I had been in the insurance business, the life insurance business, primarily dealing with the senior market, people 65 and over for a lot of years. And standing there looking at that number, I realized that while I was 55, I hadn't ever met a man that was over 65 and had more than a hundred pounds to lose. And I'd been in literally thousands of houses. I was taxing my brain and I could think of one guy who was 62 who was probably about a hundred pounds overweight. And they're, they're out there, but they're unicorns. And so what it meant to me was that I was dead in 10 years or less because I was 55 and you just do the math and you don't have to be a rocket scientist to know that the likelihood of a man living beyond uh, a certain age when he's morbidly obese is pretty slim chance. And so it meant to me that there'd be another guy that probably be married to my wife. She had a weight struggle, but not to the degree I did. We had have four children who were uh, my our youngest was 15 at the time. I mean, my our only daughter would probably walked down the aisle by another guy. Just really the life that we all hope to live one day, not not from a retirement standpoint, but from a purpose and passion standpoint would be I would be giving it away for my next bite of stew. I was standing there and it was dark and I like most people, you have your cell phone near you all the time. And I did something, you know, if you see a tree fall on a house. I mean, you dial 911, you go check, make sure that, that if anybody's okay. And the next thing you do is you snap the picture. And so like any other disaster, I snapped the picture of that because it was a disaster. And it wasn't planned. There was nothing that I sat down and said, oh, I'm going to get to 300 and take a picture of that. That was not a plan. But, uh, but I took a picture and I said, this is the last time I'm ever going to see that number again. So you make that determination, right? This is the last time I'm going to see that. Right there. And then what's next? How do you get started? We tell our clients all the time. I mean, it's, it's not the diet that stops you. It's the decision that stopped you. And one of the things that I knew and Angie knew too, I mean, 
we figured up that I've probably been on about 70 plus weight loss strategies over the, over the 35 years. We, we end up all the books, all the different things. And, and I may be off five or 10, but I'm not, I'm probably low at 70. It's probably more like 80. So it wasn't a question of what to do, but immediately I just started making changes, but that wasn't enough. That was not enough because I've made changes a thousand times before. I was on a coaching call for business coaching and the coach that I had a couple of weeks later, it was March 15th. He asked me, he said, Alan, you know, what do you think's holding you back in your business? I said, well, that's easy. It's my weight. And we weren't on a video, uh, video call like everybody does now. We were just doing a regular cell phone to cell phone call. And he said, well, how much do you weigh? And I said, uh, I'm 298 this morning, but I was 304 about 13 days. And he says, well, how tall are you? That was his next question. I was saying maybe I was seven feet or something. And I said, and I said, man, I'm, I'm only 5'11". I'm not a, I'm really, really big guy. And he said, he said, well, do you know what to do? I said, well, of course I know what to do. Any human being who lives in a first world country knows what to do to not be 300 pounds. He said, why don't you do it then? I said, I just can't seem to stick to it. And I'm a verbal processor. If you know what that is, it's somebody who just thinks out loud. And so I began that process. He was walking me through a process. It was really kind of funny looking back on it. I would have kept my mouth shut probably if I didn't know what was coming. Mm-hmm. And, and he and he says to me, he says, well, what would you do? And I said, well, gosh, we, I think Biggest Loser was on television back then. And I, I watched that, you know, maybe the week before. And I said, you know, if I was on Biggest Loser and I had a million people watching me drop the weight. I, there's no way I wouldn't stick to it. I'd, I'd get the weight right off. He said, well, it's pretty unlikely you're going to get invited to the show. He said, so what else could you do? This is when social media wasn't. It was a little more benign than it is today. So was, we don't recommend anybody do this now. But what I said was, I guess I could post my skill on Facebook every day. And when the, immediately when the words came across my lips, I knew I, I shouldn't have said them. And he said, he jumped on, he says, do it right now. I said, can I wait till I'm like 289? You know, I was 298. I mean, thinking like, that's a, like, that's a big deal. And, and he said, he said, Alan, you don't get it. He said, I just have a feeling this is going to be a tipping point in your life. And so that day I, I committed to being 175 pounds by November 23rd, 2017. And I just, I did the calculation I do with my clients. Yeah, spent some time, piece of paper, did the math. And I didn't hit it on November 23rd. I hit it on November 17th. Wow. I hit it five days around. And I'm going to say it to impress you about me because, that, because I should have never been 300 pounds. It was always the decision. But what came out of it was this realization that it's not just the struggle about the weight. It's not just the struggle about nutrition. It's the struggle with these stories that we tell ourselves. When you're talking about wealth, people building wealth, they get the deer in the headlights a lot of times. And we, we live close to a, a state park here, Fort Clinch, and we see deer all the time. And I realized really in the last year, watching a lot of deer along the roadside, you know, we're, we're cycling in the morning. We cycle about 15, 20 miles every day in, in the state park. And there's a lot of deer. And what they do, if you watch them, they will stand so still, you can't tell them from the trees almost. That's what they do when they're standing in front of a truck, too. That's how so many of us, myself included, what I was doing with my weight, but it was costing momentum in every area of my life. It wasn't just the health. The health, that's a given. Right. But we, so many of us spend so much time and energy in this one area that it stops us in other areas too. We get the deer in the headlight. We get overwhelmed with all the information. People don't need more information about weight loss. They don't. 
they already know what to do. They need to learn to stick to it. It's kind of like wealth building. There's aren't many people that are going to hit the lottery. Better chance of getting hit by lightning, I think, like three times in a row or something like that. Yeah. Angie, did your weight loss transformation happen alongside Alan's or was it kind of come after it? No, absolutely. When I realized what he had done, as he said, by posting on Facebook, well, I was terrorized by that. (laughs) Typically, we do most things together. Now, if I'd have been my ideal weight, I would not have needed to do this, obviously. Mm -hmm. But I did, as, as you've mentioned, have excess weight myself. And that's just because, you know, we ate together and did life together. And so um, I put on those pounds um, as well. But when he posted and started his journey, yes, I started my journey as well. I mean, I started changing how I ate, but I did not start posting for a few days. But I was terrorized because I knew I would ultimately be doing that. And the and at that time, like Alan said, Facebook was a little different. And, it, you know, you might have had a couple hundred friends. And now there's, you know, we have thousands of friends who mostly did all this. But it was intimidating, yes, to, to have that number posted and for others to see but right i wasn't gonna be the sweet chubby wife with a husband either <laughs> I, I knew uh i knew what was at stake let's say and I, I i knew i needed to also just to be an example for as ellen i think mentioned our daughter at the time was 15 and and for our boys and just for our life yeah it's so much better just physically being able to like you said, we enjoy biking, and I don't know that I would be able to have the stamina if I was 188 pounds still to ride 15 or 20 miles. It it depends on how much time we have, if you will, as to far, how far we're able to ride, but we'd love to even ride far, further, and we are able to physically. Yeah. Now, Alan, I know you, you mentioned that um, it was impacting your business. Was it mainly from like an energy of lack of or lack of energy or were there other ways that being overweight was impacting it? It, it really impacts. And I'm speaking to people who may be in the same situation. I mean, it's the emotional energy that's the big driver. Physical energy is given. I mean, if you're carrying around the extra 100, 100 to 120 pounds, obviously you're going you're gonna to have less energy. That, but, it's, but the energy that, will, that is debilitating is when you're walking into a room trying to figure out which chair to sit in because you know that some of them won't hold you. I think when you get on an airplane and you're worried about having to ask for a seatbelt extender and you pray that the seatbelt will go over you because you have to do that that button of shame where you have to push and ask a stewardess to bring it. We we have we've met several uh, have several clients who've allegedly allegedly borrowed um, seatbelt extenders from the airlines because of that amount of shame that's around it. If you're in a boardroom situation, you're making a presentation, you're thinking about, it's not just just which tie do I wear, which which shirt do I wear, it's how can I hide this extra 100 pounds? And, and that mental energy is so draining. It's so physically draining. And, we, and, and it's a lot of it is the reason that I think so many people go into hiding in some regard. We, we talk to hundreds of people every month that, have struggled with their weight and they, they don't go out as much. When you don't go out, you tend to sit in front of Netflix and eat a little more too. So it's this vicious circle. And and so, so it impacts business from that regard. I mean, there's no question it will. I mean, somebody who's, who's in sales, for example, or if they run a company or whatever it is, you, you, when you start having these emotional monkeys on your back, it's going to slow you down. It's going to keep you from achieving at a level. I mean, we, we had a client recently that, 
He started with us at 452 pounds. He was in a wheelchair. He had to walk more than 10 feet. He had an injury and, and he blew up. He'd never been on a diet in his life. We didn't tell him what to eat. But it was interesting after dropping over 170 of those pounds, he, he calls me from New York and he says, hey, I just won the International Sales Award for, for my company. It's a company with 40,000 employees. It's a pretty big company. And I said, well, awesome. When did you move to the sales area? He said, that's the reason I'm calling you. I'm still in operations. They've never given the International Sales Award to somebody that wasn't in sales. And I said, what happened? He said, well, my weight loss attracted so much attention because this is the thing. We think we can hide it. We think we can hide the weight gain. You can't, but you also can't hide the weight shedding either. And what's interesting, and I told him this when he first started, I said, you're going to give some people hope that wouldn't have hope that might not have a weight issue because they have another issue that relates that has nothing to do with their physical weight, but has an issue, whether it's in relationships, whether it's in finances, whether it's in their it with their children, whether it's in in their business, a million different things. And they're going to see you lose weight and it's going to track them to you because they're going to have some hope. And, and that happened. A, a person who was head of an organization ended up becoming a huge client for the company, came to them because of the kind of hope that he was spread around just by dropping the pounds, just by showing people. When you're dropping that kind of weight, they'll ask you what you're doing. And what they're asking is, what do you have a magic pill for weight loss? So they, don't have, so they can still, still stop and eat all the hamburgers and ice cream and what they want, like we all want to do. Those pills don't exist, just let's be clear. Except with side effects, there are some out there that have side effects. So, talking to somebody yesterday who was experienced some some side effects. But what happens is, what they're really asking is, is it possible for me to shed the weight that I've got? Is it possible for me to win too? And that's what attracted this this client to his company. And and he said, Alan, he said, I couldn't believe it when they called my name. And, and we see things like that happening when as people are losing weight. And everybody that's with us doesn't have 200 pounds to lose or 300 pounds. I mean, sometimes it's just dropping 30 pounds like client writers that just started our own business. And I, I'm not saying this to impress you by any of these means, but but we get we get so hung up on on the physical side and the health side. And that is important. Mind you, that is if without your help, you have nothing. But if that were enough to move the needle Everybody would already have six pack abs and be, be in their skinny jeans instead of one person every seven seconds dying of obesity worldwide. That's how, how quickly they're dying. Wow. Speaking of your program, let's talk a little bit about rethink dieting. So how actually do you help men and women lose weight without giving them diets or ex- exercise plans to follow? Well, first, first thing we do, we get them really, really clear on the number of thing. What is their ideal weight? And it's not a number on the chart. Do people have to pay attention and do things healthy? Of course, but we all know where we're at our best weight-wise. We all know that. So number one is getting that clarity about that. Most of us, when we've had weight to lose, like when I, I always just want to lose some weight. It's like saying in wealth that you want to make some money. Well, here's a dollar. I mean, that's not what you have. most people have in mind with a few more zeros behind it. But, but so we get them this clarity that they haven't had before. And the reason that we don't tell people what to eat, here's why. When I first lost my weight, we weren't doing this as a business, obviously. I was still out working in the insurance business. And and I would have people ask me, hey, we talked to my friend that they need to lose weight. We talked to this person. What did you do? And and I would tell them. I would tell them what I ate. And this lady out of uh, North Carolina, I worked with her husband, um, one of her best friends who was in cosmetology, had a lot of weight that she needed to lose. Uh, She said, "Would would, would you speak to my friend for me? Told her what I ate. And she became a microbiologist. 
she was like, oh, that's, uh, you know, I can't eat it for this reason, this reason. And everything we were doing was super healthy. I mean, it was not, it was not crazy fad diet stuff, but she became a microbiologist why it wouldn't work. And so I asked her the next logical question, what'd you have for lunch? And she said, I went to Taco Bell. Well, where did her microbiology degree go? Now she wasn't a microbiologist, but mind you, but she, she didn't dissect that. I asked her the next logical question, what'd you have for dessert? Well, she had Kit Kats. I remember this to this day. And I said, from that moment on, People will look for what's wrong with the, the eating plan instead of taking ownership with it. So what we do with not telling them is, do we guide them? Of course we do. But there's some people that are going to do better with vegan and other people are going to do better with keto. Some people are going to be able, better with calorie restriction. Some people are going to be, do better with, with paleo or a Mediterranean diet. It's everybody's individual. But if they take ownership of it, take ownership of it and learn their KPIs. We, we teach them how to, just like they're running a business called their body, to understand their KPIs, their key performance indicators so that they will not quit. So we get them this massive certainty. And then we, we have them dream about, about what it's going to be like when they hit their ideal weight. We spend a lot of time on that. Spend a lot of time. It's kind of like if you're building wealth, there's usually a reason why you want to build wealth. And so you, you do it with the end in mind. And we focus on those aspects of it so that when they hit a wobble and they're going to hit one, we all do. How are you going to approach that? And so we teach them to treat their, their body and treat this thing called weight like you would treat a business. If you treat it like that and you looked at it with the same intentionality and you stopped ignoring it and abdicating it to somebody else's ownership, then all of a sudden people who can't lose weight all of a sudden can. When we take a client, we always look for where they've had success before. Uh, and I think a 72-year-old guy that uh, that's came through our program about two years ago, 388 pounds, heart attack survivor, has fused vertebrae, so he walks with walkers, so exercise is really not even on the table. But he had 45 years of real estate success. Now, 45 years meant approximately five recessions. He didn't quit. Now, he has the do not quit muscle. And he never had success losing weight in 52 years. And he's down 140 pounds and still going right now he, because we showed him how to apply those principles to what he was thought was complex. And it wasn't. And it works. Go figure. It's not it's not that it's difficult to figure out, but we but it is a mind. It's a mind game. It's an inside job. When you start talking about weight loss, if you think that it's an exterior thing, you know, am I eating enough broccoli? Hey love broccoli. That's awesome. But at the end of the day, it's an inside job. You've got to get the, in, the inner, inner thought process ahead of the weight loss because you're going to hit a five week period where the weight doesn't drop. It sounds a lot like financial planning. It's, um, it's amazing. Yeah. How, and, and it's interesting. We love to speak on business uh, to business groups because you guys understand it. If you had a health podcast, I wouldn't be very interested in all things. Yeah. And really dieting is like the equivalent of budgeting. No one likes it. And it's, it, they feel it's like a restriction that's placed on them. Obviously, no one likes being told what to do. And you approach it from the side of where do you want to get to? And are you making the right choices or the right decisions to get there? And it's the same thing on finance. And is your money going to the right places to advance to where you, you want to get to? So I definitely see the, the similarities between the two. Yeah. And what's interesting, we look at weight. Excess weight is like debt. Can you handle some debt? Yeah. But at the end of the day, it'll take you down if, if you're leveraging your future financially for the present. Weight's no different. It's just the debt on the weight is years off your life. I mean, we've, uh, we've read all kinds of studies. And, and the only one that 
in about on average, you see it about per pound is about a month of life on average. And I'm, and I'm not, you know, that may be inaccurate, but we all know it shortens our life. If we looked at it with the same intensity, we looked at the money and we looked at the same kind of thing than, than those years, because you've got clients that they're not going to outlive their money. Their money's going to outlive them. And not in a good way that, I mean, not, not in a way where they died a ripe old age of like my mom passed at 92. I mean, we're talking about, they think that tomorrow is guaranteed. Well, I can tell you the emergency rooms do not make reservations a week in advance. Yeah. They, they might call ahead when the ambulance, but in half the people out there, half the people out there will not survive their first heart attack. Yeah. How do you help people with the challenge of gaining the weight back? Cause you see a lot of people lose weight. And inevitably, you see them gain the weight back. And I don't know if it's habits or they, they, it's a slow process going back to where, to where they were or if it's something else. But that, that's definitely what I see as a challenge. Yeah, it's uh, no question. But it's, but it's, again, an inside job. It's identity. Any of your clients, they all have a certain lifestyle that they're living. If they told them that where they're getting their income from is going to be cut by 90%, because we can offshore uh, that those services or whatever. And so they're only going to receive 10% of what their customers receive. And they would find another way to make money because their thermostat is set to that, that level of, of living standard. Would, would you agree with that? Yeah. We teach our clients to have the same kind of identity with their weight so that they're not the, the 400 pound guy that lost weight. They're the 200 pound guy that gained weight. When they learn that they're in control. And I, I think about this pastor that came through about a year and a half ago, when they understand that they can literally predict it, and you really can. I mean, it's we, we go through a process with them called a Rethink Dining Blueprint where we, we want them to predict their weight until they uh, until they reach their ideal weight. Literally, do, and, and I reached out. I remember it was, it was so funny. He was five or six months in. Now, this guy started, he was 5'8", started at 260 and going to 170 pounds, and he hit it. And he had everything mapped out. About five months in, I said, how are you doing on your numbers? How are you matching up to the blueprint that you that we set out? And he said, I'm kind of off. And I, and I said, I'm thinking 10 or 20 pounds. He was a little bit disappointed. He was off a pound. He was off a pound after on a strategy that he started five months before. It was actually less than a pound. It was like eight tenths or nine tenths of a pound, something like that. I said, buddy, that's close enough for government work where I'm from. I said, that's great. <laughs> he, he, he hit his weight target. He hit it right on, right on schedule. And it was funny. He jumped out of a perfectly good airplane to celebrate because right at his 50th birthday, he jumped out of an eight because obese people don't get to skydive. And he'd always wanted to skydive. It was pretty, it's pretty amazing video he sent me. But, um, but yeah, you're in, when you learn that you're in control and you've made the decision that you're not going to be that person anymore, you're not the fat guy, you're not the fat girl anymore. And that you're, you have control of it. It's very difficult to gain it back. And, and we, we, we do a lot of accountability from an extreme standpoint. While we certainly don't ask people to post on Facebook, I don't recommend it. Because Facebook is pretty vicious right now, Instagram, all those things. <laughs> but we, but we, we map out a real custom accountability plan so they're not alone. But we don't do it from the standpoint to where it's to shame them or for somebody. It's like I tell them, your accountability is not to get somebody to knock a Twinkie out of your hand. It's different. Do you, you golf? Uh, yeah, a little bit. You, you know the worst day in a golfer's life, don't you? What's that? The day you hit a hole in one and nobody's around to see it. <laughs> so we we have our clients call their shot, and, and so when somebody when somebody's being held accountable, it, it's like watch me. 
Do, are most of your engagements with clients um, like one-on-one private ones, or is it a group setting or a combination? It's a combination, actually. We uh, the way the way we work, we used to do it more one-on-one, and then we we implemented the group aspect um, a couple of years ago to it, and and it worked better. Because what it was is so interesting. It's like uh, one of our clients who came back in. We, you know, we allow people to 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 re re enroll if they've got a lot to wait to lose. Uh, you know, long term, but they get everything they need in the front end. But he was down for like four hundred and twenty, down to just hitting like two ninety eight, which is a big deal. And he's still got about another seventy to go. But another client who who came in that was three ninety three. When he found out the the guy who was who was kind of discouraged, he wasn't lower than two ninety eight. Having been over forty, he's like, man, I'm just not doing it good. The guy who was three ninety three that was just getting started and hitting about uh, three in the three sixties now, he cheered for him. He's like, yes. When you get that, and you realize that you can sort of be your own superhero in the process. the The group setting really does help. So we do more of that, and we still do the one to one. Well, uh, Alan and Angie, we're just about out of time. I'd like to thank you for being on the show today, um, taking the time to have this conversation. It's a really important one. Uh, how best can the listeners find out more about your coaching program and get in touch with the two of you? Well, we've actually prepared something for your audience. They can go to transformmyfuture.com. But if they'll go to transformmyfuture.com forward slash agent of wealth. So transformmyfuture.com forward slash agent of wealth. They will get access to a free training that Angie and I do. And it's absolutely free. There's nothing to buy. But what they'll do is have a chance to watch this training. It's a five-step strategy that we show our clients how to lose 25, 50, or more than 100 pounds away, even if they've struggled, they travel, even if they've got medical issues, that they can still do it. And we've, we've had clients that, that have come to us and people that didn't become clients that lost weight ahead of time you know, with it. We've gotten emails from people that just follow those strategies. So it's a real, it's a real training, it's, uh, but it's a gift to your guests. But if they'll go to transformmyfuture.com forward slash agent of wealth, they can, uh, they can get access to that training. And, uh, and then they're welcome to reach out to us if they want more support. Perfect. We'll link to that in the show notes as well. Um, thanks again, Alan and Angie. And thank you to everyone who tuned in today. Don't forget to follow the Agent of Wealth on the platform you listen from and leave us a review of the show. We're currently accepting new clients, and if you'd like to schedule a one-on-one consultation with our advisors, please do so at boutisfinancial.com backslash call. Thank you for listening to the Agent of Wealth podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered represents the views and opinions of the guests and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Boutis Financial. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only and is not intended to be a substitute for professional financial planning and investment advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investments and financial planning.